0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Good evening, everyone. We want to welcome you this evening to our midweek service here at Fellowship Church. My name is Pastor Mike Calstrip, and it's a delight to be able to be with you this way. We know that the weather is a little inclement, and we hope that everybody's home and safe and things of that nature. But uh, fortunately, because of technology, we can come to you online and we can share with you the good Word of God. So we hope this evening that you've got yourself there, a, a place where you can get your Bible out and uh, feel comfortable and study the Word of God with us together tonight in order that the blessing of God may rest upon our lives. So again, welcome this evening to Fellowship Church uh, midweek service. Let's go ahead and bow our heads. We're just going to get right into the Word of God this evening. and uh, Uh, see what the Lord has for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your divine blessing in each and every one of our lives. Father, as we approach the word this evening, we thank you, Father, that it is filled with your very life. We not only uh, rejoice in that, Father, but we thank you, Father God, for the truth that is therein so that we can align our lives according to what it is that you have spoken that our lives may be blessed because of you. So we thank you, Lord, for the entrance of your word, giving light and illuminations to our heart. And we thank you for your blessing upon our lives, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you were with us last week, we talked about magnifying Christ in 2022, and I simply ask the question, you know, I'm asking it of myself, how is it that I'm going to magnify the Lord Jesus in this new year? What can I do, or my life is concerned, to lift him up, and not only that, but to magnify his name in the earth uh, during these last days in which we live? And that's kind of the, the premise of what it is that we talked about. And so we're going to look at some scriptures this evening, and we're going to talk with you about some different ways that that can happen. But I want to begin, first of all, by uh, sharing with you some of the things that the psalmists of old said, and uh, some of the things that David said as well. First of all, in 1 S- Corinthians uh, chapter 17 and verse uh, 14, I'm sorry, 1 Chronicles <laughs> chapter 17, verse 24, it says, so let it be established that your name may be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, is Israel's God, and let the house of your servant David be established before you. I want you to notice in that verse, he says, That your name. May be magnified. This is something that came right out of the heart of David. And we're going to use him as an example as we study this evening. It came right up out of his innermost being Lord, that you may be magnified. And then also in Psalm 34, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, the humble shall hear thereof. It and be glad. And then he said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, of course, you know, we can magnify God by lifting our hands, our hearts, our voices, and begin to praise and worship God. But I'm talking about a deeper kind of magnification where our very lives are concerned. In other words, what we do, how we live, the lifestyle that Lifts up the name of Jesus that honors him, praise God, in this world in which we live. Another verse of Scripture is Psalm 35, verse 27. It says this, Let them shout for joy and be glad. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad tonight that we have so much to be happy about, to be glad and to rejoice in? He said, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. My tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. And then finally, this is something the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, talking about his own life. And he made this statement. He said, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ is may be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I think it's such a powerful kind of an approach to life as Paul here was talking about the fact that he said, in nothing I shall be ashamed, but rather with all boldness as as always, that Christ might be magnified in my body, in my life, in what I do. And we talked about the fact that if Christ is to be magnified in our lives in 2022, we're going to have to put him first. He's going to have to be the central theme of our lives and how it is that we live. And in considering David's life and what it is that he did, it can be a very, very powerful example and a model for us to be able to follow so that we can do the things that God wants us to do and to really magnify him where our lives are concerned. And so when we talk about that, and we talk about David and different things, what does it really mean, again, to magnify the Lord with our lives? Well, we know that David, the Bible describes him as a man, after after God's own heart. In other words, he wanted to do what God uh, wanted to do. He wanted to please God. We could say it this way, you know, when, it, when we talk about, you know, having a heart after God or ha- being a man after God's own heart, it would be to love and pursue the things that God loves and God pursues. So what is it that God loves? What is it that he pursues where he is, God is concerned? Well, first of all, God loves humanity. He loves people. And so if, if you and I are going to magnify Jesus in 2022, then we're going to have to love folk. And I realize, you know, that there are a lot of people out there maybe that are difficult to love, but I'm telling you what, God has given us a commandment to love those that we come in contact with. So humanity and people are the things that God is pursuing, and that ought to be our pursuit, not only as individuals, but as the church. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, make disciples. Those that believe and are baptized shall be saved. Of course, those that don't will not, shall be damned. But also, you know, when we talk about loving and pursuing what God loves, God loves righteousness. He loves justice. He loves peace. He loves joy. He loves life. He loves redemption. He loves grace, and he loves abundance. You know, God is not stingy. God is not broke. God is not, you know, uh, in any way weak or anything of that nature. He wants us to emulate his character, his life, his nature. These are the things that we can use to magnify God and to magnify the Lord Jesus in the earth in which you and I live. And talking about, you know, uh, David being a man after God's own heart, we have several examples in the scriptures. One of which is found where David's life you know, was he became king of Israel, and it was over a long and an arduous period of time Uh, Where Saul was afraid of him and jealous, and all of the different things that are associated with, you know, feeling intimidated by someone. And of course, uh, he eventually then became the king. And he started putting the nation of Israel back together. In other words, he began to throw out or get rid of all of the other gods that they had been chasing after. And he said, The Lord is going to be God, the God of Israel, the one whom we are going to follow. And what he then did is, is, He took all of the things that were contrary to that and got them out of the way. That might be something you want to think about. You know, we don't think about things in our lives as being gods, but I tell you what, anything that you're controlled by other than the Lord Jesus Christ can represent a God in your life. And maybe we have to take inventory and we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is it that's most important within my life? Because I'll tell you, that'll pretty much direct you uh, in the direction you need to go to find out what it is that, you know, you magnify. Where your life is concerned. Well, again, praise God. What we want to do is we ma- we want to magnify the Lord and we want to magnify Jesus. One of the things that we discover is is that in Saul's reign as king, so many things had deteriorated and so many. Uh, of the things where the temple was concerned and, or actually the tabernacle. And, and not only that, but the Ark of the Covenant had been taken away from the people of Israel, the children of Israel, and it was someplace else. So the very first thing that David set out to do was to get the Ark of the Covenant back. And so when we think about the Ark of the Covenant, of course, that is where the very presence of God existed between the cherubims that sat upon the top of it. And it wasn't where it belonged. So David said, we're going after it and we're going to get that back. And it belonged in the tabernacle of God or the tent of of meeting the tent of God. And so notice with me here in 2 Samuel chapter six, if you can find that in your Bibles there, 2 Samuel chapter six, beginning in verse 16. They were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back and it says in verse 16, as the Ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, And she despised him in her heart. What does that mean? That just means that she thought that he was making such a fool out of himself as he was hilariously dancing and rejoicing before the Ark of the Covenant as it was coming in. And there's really something to be said in the symbology of this and what it is that we're seeing take place in David's life. Notice in verse 17, it goes on then to say, And they brought the Ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and distributed among all the people the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, a cake of raisins to each one. And then all the people departed, each to his house. And David returned to bless... His household, but again now, Michael, his wife, Saul's daughter, uh, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. Well, uh, if you read on to 21, David said to her, It was before the Lord. "...who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince or king over Israel, the people of the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. But by the females' servants whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor." And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. So in other words, obviously, uh, they were separated from one another, and David really had nothing else to do with Michael all those remaining years. But the point that I want to make in this is is that, you know, when we read these scriptures and we read what took place here, you know, the presence of God was with the, the Ark of the Covenant. This thing sat in somebody's house for three months and because of it, the blessing of God was poured out upon that house. And David recognized that wherever that ark was, that's where the blessing of God was. And he wanted to get it back into Jerusalem, into the tent of meeting or the or the tabernacle that they had created because that's where the blessing of God would be or the presence of God would be. And so in thinking about that, where our lives are concerned, we're talking about how you and I can magnify the Lord in our lives, the one thing that we discover or the experience equivalence of this would be for you and I to get the Holy Ghost back into our lives. Now, let me qualify that because I know the Holy Ghost never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's within us. But you know, the Apostle Paul said that you and I are to stir up the gift of God that is within us. And there are many people that have been born of the Spirit, that have been filled with the Spirit. But it's rare that you'll ever find them praying in the Spirit or lifting up their voice on high, Mag. Magnifying the Lord, praise God, and and praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, there's something to be said for this because, you know, when we read in the book of Acts, Jesus himself said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be witnesses unto me. But you need to stir up the gift that is on the inside of you. So one of the ways that we can decide we're going to magnify God is that we're going to make it a regular habit that we're going to pray in the Spirit, we're going to worship God in the Spirit, we're going to magnify the Lord through the Holy Ghost, we're going to stir up that gift that is on the inside of us regularly throughout our lives we're not just waiting till Sunday you know when the pastor's got a good message and we're all excited about this no praise god we're going to consistently and regularly on our own as a matter of disciplined living we're going to magnify God where our lives are concerned so when Paul was writing to Timothy and this is a great listen this is a great thing for you to understand you know if you're discouraged if you're if you're downtrodden if you're in despair if you're you know just you know bummed about life or whatever the case might be do what the apostle paul told timothy to do he said stir up the gift of god that is on the inside of you which is in you through the laying on of my hands for god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so, dear friend, if you feel intimidated, if you're afraid, you know, you're concerned about all the goings-on that are going on in the world right now, praise God, this is exactly what you need to do. You need to stir up the gift of God because in Jesus, there's nothing but victory. I tell you what, praise God, he's able to overcome whatever it is that you're facing. He'll give you hope, he'll give you help, he'll give you peace, he'll give you joy. That's what God wants for each and every one Of us in our lives, but of course we have to cooperate. Now, I know in the beginning you may not feel that inspired to do some of these things, but I'll tell you this much about it. If you'll uh, learn to live your life this way, you can consistently enjoy the blessing of God in your life coming in and going out. So you just have to shake off the fear, shake off the intimidation, shake off all that hell is trying to impose upon your life so that you can enjoy God's blessing in your life. Hallelujah. And, and here's the thing, you know, when people walk away from God, when they don't stir up the gift of God that's in them, when they, when, they ta- when they take this unspeakable gift as the Bible describes it and just put it on a shelf or buried under a bushel or whatever, you know, what a travesty. I mean, I mean, something that is so powerful where your life is concerned. And a lot of times folks will say, well, you know, that doesn't do any good or I don't believe in that. Well, then, of course, naturally, you're disqualified. Because of your unbelief, you're simply disqualified from being able to enjoy the blessing of God. But I tell you, I believe God. I believe the Word of God. I believe the tools that God and the Lord Jesus has given to us is what enables or empowers us to live a life of victory, to live a life of joy, to live a life, praise God, of overcoming power because of what it is that God and in Christ Jesus has done for you and I. So I tell you what, you need to stir up the gift of God. that is within you. David danced before the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. He stirred himself up. And... You know, if you're going to have the Spirit of God resident or active within your life, you're going to have to forget about what people think. You know, people do all kinds of things. They'll speak disparagingly, just like Michael did. She thought he was so foolish for what it is that he did. But you know what? It delighted the heart of God. I guarantee you God was delighted in what He seen David doing before him, you know, as he celebrated. So if you're going to make it a deal where you have to make sure, sure that, you know, you're keeping everybody happy. It is a lost cause. It is an exercise in futility. What you need to do is you need to focus on what pleases the Lord. Do that. Forget about what they think and just get on with what it is that God has for you. You can't be ashamed of the gospel. The Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed. Hallelujah. It's just like in that verse that we read there in Philippians, you know, when we were talking earlier, he made this statement he says, This is my earnest expectation and hope that I will in no way, he said, be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ would be magnified in my body. Glory to God forevermore. I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I want to hang around with Paul and people like Paul. Because I'll tell you, that's where the blessing of God is concerned. So you can't be ashamed of the gospel. You can't be ashamed. We're talking about how you and I can magnify God in this next year. So I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. I am not going to be ashamed of my... my, my um, my life in Christ, and I am certainly not going to be ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Thank God, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, you know, we talk about this. Let me, let me uh, talk about this a little bit more in the context of David's life. Because, again... Something you know, you have to ask yourself: What is it that drove his disciplines or his decision to go after this ark? You know, people say, "Well, you know, he was a person after God's own heart." But there's a bit more to this that I'd like to share with you this uh, this evening that I think will be a blessing to you. And <clears throat> because people will often see the great accomplishments of David, we have it recorded in the scriptures, and and you know, I tell you, it's awesome to see what this as a young boy from the time of his youth all the way up uh, to 70 years of age as the king of Israel, what it is that David did accomplish. But the thing is, is that a lot of times we see these accomplishments of David, but we miss the foundation that got him there. Did you hear that? I said we miss the foundational qualities that got David to where he ended up as the king of Israel. And, and can I tell you something? This is so important. If you don't get anything out of the rest of what it is I say to you this evening, make sure that you get this point and write it down. You know, obedience to God takes courage. you got to be courageous if you're going to obey God because there's always going to be those things that come against you. If you read in the Scriptures, the Old Testament stories, over and over, time and time again, you see where different things were done to put people in fear. Well, again, The Apostle Paul said, God has not given to you the spirit of fear. So again, obedience to God, it requires, demands, it takes courage to to obey God, to to not follow the crowd, to not go in the direction of the world, to say no to sin and yes to God. It takes courage, but there's such great grace and great blessing on the people who make those consequences. Of decisions. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Excuse me, that needs to be your mantra. And the thing of it is, is that if you don't, you can't enjoy the blessing of God. I'll give you a great example. Just prior to David's becoming king, the, the previous king's name was Saul. But you know what about Saul? He was a coward. He was afraid. There were so many things that this guy didn't do in obeying God and keeping his commandments that actually the kingdom was taken from him. And the prophet told him that if you would just do what it is that God told you to do, your kingdom would be established forever. Well, as a a result of his disobedience, it was all taken away. He just was a coward. And unfortunately, it cost him big. He was not a good leader of the people. His his kingship and leadership was short lived before David came on the scene. So you gotta have courage. But in talking about this, and let's just take this little side journey here about, you know, the great accomplishments of David and talking about the foundations, turn back with me to first Samuel chapter sixteen. First Samuel chapter sixteen. If you can find that in your Bibles there. Notice with me here something, you know <clears throat> Uh, First of all, uh, in the context of this, uh, Saul was grieved over the fact that that God had pulled the uh, kingdom away from Saul. And in verse 1, he said, How long are you going to grieve over Saul since I've rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king from among his sons." In other words, God said, I got somebody else that I'm going to use uh, for this role. And if you go down, you drop down to, uh, let's see here, if you drop down to verse 6, it says, when they came that uh, um, Samuel looked on Eliab and thought, Well, surely the Lord's anointing is before him because he was the firstborn, he was good looking, you know, and whatever else, you know, you might see from a physical appearance. And he said, surely he's the guy. In verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. Hmm. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the what? Yeah, he looks on the heart. So there were qualities that existed in David, which he hadn't even come on the scene here yet, but there were qualities where his heart was concerned that that God said, I can use this guy. I can bless this guy. He can be a leader over Israel, so on and so forth. And, of course, Eliab was not that person. And so if you drop down here in the same chapter, and um, they went through all of these different kinds of things, and before it was over, they found David, and, and Samuel anointed him to be the king, and the Spirit of God came on him, but then uh, an evil spirit Uh, came on Saul, and he was disquieted and uh, upset and different things of that nature. And so they were trying to find a way that they could calm him in these moments when he was driven essentially by the devil or an evil spirit. And if you drop down into this 16th uh, chapter chapter, Notice in verse 17, it says, So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. And one of the young men answered and said, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing. He's a man of valor. He is a man of war, prudent in his speech, and a man of good presence and the Lord is with him. Now, I've read these, these verses, you know, quite a number of times. But, you know, the thing that I find in the context of this is that there are some qualities here that this guy is describing David as having that maybe, you know, we overlook and different things of that nature. And, and so before we unpack this, let me just say this to you about David. Here he was, a young man that was out taking care of his father's sheep. And <clears throat> I would like to suggest to you that the, a foundation that David had was one of, listen, absolute respect and reverence and obedience for God. And these qualities of respect, reverence, and obedience were deposited within David's heart as a young child. In other words, as he grew up, these things were something that was placed in front of him. I tell you, you want to do something for your kids, teach them respect, reverence, and obedience to God. And I tell you what, you will have spiritual giants that come out of your home and bless the world around them. Because, see, something happened in David's life where he he was taught these things and it set this, it established a foundation. You say, yeah, but I'm 40 years old. How's that supposed to work? Well, you know what? You can start where you are. You may not be a 15-year-old child or whatever the case might be, but you can start and you can say, well, one of the ways that I'm going to magnify God this year is that I am going to revere, respect, and, and obey God Uh, where my life is concerned, and I tell you what, praise God, it'll set you on a path where there's great blessing where your life is concerned. So understand that. Now, you know, uh, here's another point that I want to make to you about this, where David's life is concerned. These qualities that he, he had did not just happen. In other words, you know, well, you know, David, he was just a special whatever. No, 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 no. There were things that, that set the stage for this where his life was concerned. And I tell you what, it was brought out in bold relief. They were built. These qualities were built into David's being, I would like to suggest to you, by his parents, Notice with me again in that verse that we read in verse 18 at the very last part of it, it says that he was skillful in playing. Now, that's a very practical application, but evidently he was disciplined in learning to play the lyre and different things, you know, as instruments that he played. And and again, it talks about the fact that he was, and this really jumped out at me, he was a man of valor. He was a valiant man. In other words, he was a courageous man. And I have got to believe that those qualities were built into him through his father to say God has not given you the spirit of fear but of power, love, and sound mind. I want you to be courageous. And, and you know what? He was. And there was different instances we have in the scriptures that tell us that he was. But again, these qualities were built into him by by his parents and perhaps his peers. I don't know, you know what his brothers may have had uh, in, involved in In influencing that, but we can build these same character traits into our lives. We're talking about how we can magnify God in this new year. And praise God, you can do this just like I can do it. But let me say something to you. This isn't going to happen just because we want to. It isn't going to be, it's not going to happen because in the month of December, Pastor was talking about it. Maybe, you know, it's it's something we ought to give some consideration to. You know, if you really want to magnify God in this new year, then this decision is going to have to be targeted. It's going to have to be focused. It's going to have to be intentional intentional, it's going to have to be deliberate, it's going to have to be disciplined. And it's going to have to be and can be very, very practical. You know, I never think about this, but you think with me about this. You know, sometimes we have our services, you know, and at the end of the service we'll have ministry for people that have certain needs and different, you know, things that are going on within their life. And there's a gal in our church, Linda Bates, that will come up on the platform and she'll begin to play the piano. In a way, praise God, that is so anointed and such a blessing to those that are listening, and it, it, it brings the presence of God. Well, listen, that was a learned. Uh, skill that she worked at for years and years and years that has brought her to this place in her life where she truly does magnify and lift up the Lord through music through an instrument you could do it in singing you could do you know some of you you got uh, singing talents and, and you got it buried in the backyard someplace and God wants you to get it out I could name some other individuals you know that were a little bit you know cautious sheepish whatever you know but but so many things have been brought out of them and what an incredible blessing how they magnify god with their voice yeah it takes discipline yes it takes courage yes it takes a decision that i'm going to be on time that i'm going to be where i need to be i'm going to practice and do what i have to do these are things that are very practical but i'll tell you this much about it praise god they magnify god and they bring blessing in the house of god so you know because David, you know, he developed these qualities within his life. Listen, you know, he was developing these things, You know, and that's the thing that a lot of people, you know, they don't understand. It's not what you do, you know, in a day that makes you great. It's what you do daily. He was preparing himself with probably without even knowing it, that he was preparing and positioning himself to be the king of Israel someday. Hallelujah. Well, you know, God's got plans for you, plans to, you know, prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and give you a future. So you got to get after it now you got to start doing the things that will help you and position you for the opportunity that he's going to give to you when your time comes. Glory be to God forevermore. You know, I was just talking to—and uh, people don't think about these things. You know, but when, <clears throat> when we make a decision to get education— and 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 derive knowledge so that we can make it useful where our lives are concerned it's powerful you know those of you that have children in your in your homes you need to tell them studying is important knowing these things is important you know hunker down learn these things because it will put you at an advantage it'll position you so that when opportunity comes your way you'll be the one that is ready you'll be the one that gets chosen you'll be the one praise God that rises up, or rises up, and becomes the leader of others. I was talking with a gentleman, older gentleman here, just a few days ago, and he began telling me his story about, you know, growing up and things, and actually he ended up in the Korean War, and so he was in Korea, and he was there, you know, um, uh, not as a foot soldier per se, but he was there, you know, in a uh, maintenance capacity and different things like that, and and they were wanting to build some, some different bunkers. Uh, up on this mountain someplace you know in order to provide protection and things of that nature and and uh, they were going to have to have a use a caterpillar you know a, 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 a cat you know to to push this thing around and, and they're looking around nobody knows how to do it and so they turned to this guy and they say well you know you know you know how to uh, run one of these things he says well you know I've, I've been around him I probably could and guess what he got the job they said we want you to go up there and this is what you want we want uh, you to do he helped to build bridges across cross rivers with this thing. In other words, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, he grew up here in good old Iowa, you know, as probably a farm boy or whatever, learned a little bit about a tractor, this, that, and the other. And before you know it, he's sitting on this cat doing whatever it is that needed to be done in order for them to advance their purposes and their objectives. So in other words, he was positioned to be able to do something in his future because of what it is that he knew. Same way with myself. You know, I uh, always had, a desire to fly. And a lot of people say, yeah, I'd like to do that. Well, the truth is is that unless you go after it and go do it, it ain't going to happen. But you know, fortunately, I went after it, praise God. And as a result, we have the... uh enjoyment, if you want to call it that, of being able to use that as an advantage where our lives are concerned. And not only that, just pure enjoyment. So, you know, there are things in your life you can do. The the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So don't let people tell you that you can't. Praise God. You can. You just have to get after it and praise God you can do it. Glory be to God. So, again, we're talking about we're talking about putting God first. We're talking about magnifying him where our lives are concerned. And so we're talking about this, this overarching pattern in our lives where our lives are concerned, you know, and, and practices that what I would refer to as constants. In other words, these are things that are regularly uh, lived out or practiced within our lives, in other words it 's not some hit and miss thing. So many people you know they just you know well if it 's easy i 'm interested and you know yeah yeah i 'd like to do that if i don 't have to do it too much no i 'm talking about a lifestyle i 'm talking about living your life in a way, praise God, that is honorable unto the Lord each and every day. And I believe, praise God, that if you'll develop these qualities in your life, they will absolutely change your life. And 2022 can be an incredible and an amazing experience for you and your family because of what it is that God is doing within your lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't God good? He's so wonderful. Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Well, you got a little bit more time you want to give to me this evening? If you do, I'll, I'll share just a little bit more. Turn to 2 Samuel chapter 7, 2 Samuel chapter 7, and we'll take a look at this here quickly. 2 Samuel chapter 7. <clears throat> Notice what it says here in the first verse. We, we, I think we kind of got down into here uh, last week when we were together. <coughs> It says here, now when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all of his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, he said, see now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to him, go and do all that's in your heart. The Lord's with you. And so uh, we, we see here that, you know, essentially what David, we're talking about things that we can do to magnify God in this new year. Well, one thing is, is David recognized the presence of God wasn't where it belonged, so he went after the presence of God, just like you and I can do the same. Now, in this situation, he's sitting in his house. He says, here I am sitting in a palace, and God's down there in a tent. That ain't right. So, The the point I want to make to you is, as we're talking about David being a man after God's own heart, he's looking to God and he's saying, God is not being magnified by being in a tent. I'm going to build him a house. Well, he never got to build that house. He helped finance it, but his son Solomon is actually the one who ended up building it. But, you know, he just said that the Lord should be magnified in a place worthy of his name because of what he's done for me. In other words, he recognized God has given me all of this. He has given me a kingdom, and he's done all of these things for me. Praise God, I need to do something for him. Dear friend, I want to tell you, God's done a lot of things for you too. And so it ought to be our ambition to serve the Lord with gladness. It ought to be our ambition to make sure that he's being magnified. It ought to be our ambition, praise God, you know, that we're doing what it is that he wants us to do so that the world around us can know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, you know, in this particular situation, you know, as we look at this and as we consider it, you know, basically he said, you know, uh, you know, well, we can even think of it in our own lives. When we consider what it is that God has done for us, isn't it a small thing that, that, that um, he would ask us to honor him where our lives are concerned and where our support to the work of God is concerned? And I liken this again, you know, because God was in this temple, which again is basically uh, present day the church or the building itself. And, and, and David is saying, man, dude, we, could, we need to do something here. So I'm talking to you in the context of when it comes to magnifying God, what are you, how are you going to magnify God this year with your money? How is it that you're going to you know, support the work of God, the local church, and those types of things with the resources and the blessing that God has has blessed your life with? And you say, yeah, but I need more and I don't have this much, you know, and and all of these different kinds of things. But, you know, there is something that you do have. And I tell you what, if you'll take the little that God has given to you and sow it into the kingdom of God, I guarantee you that he will make it much, because that's just the way that God is. And so I would like in this situation here, thinking about our own lives, magnifying the Lord, is is the place that the local church has Within our lives. In other words, you know, how it is that we're engaged within the local church, how it is that we serve within the local church, how it is that we, you know, support the local church. These are all important things. And, you know, again, you know, a lot of times people will listen to a preacher talk about these things. They say, well, he's after my money. I could care less about your money. But if you really want to uh, flourish, if you really want to be blessed, then let your heart, not some dutiful kind of thing, though there is a responsibility, but I mean because of from your heart, you recognize the goodness of God in your life and say, you know what? I'm going to listen to what the Lord has said or what it is that he has asked me to do, and I am going to participate. I'm going to be a part of this. I am going to sow my seed. I am going to give my ties. I'm going to be a part of the offerings that are being taken up to advance the kingdom of God, to put people into the missionary uh, fields so that the harvest can be reaped and so that our church can be a bright and a shining light so that glory to God, we can reach the people that are around us with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But guess what, friends, that doesn't come or happen, uh, you know, without money. And so when it comes to you, you and I, I mean, we need to bring stuff into the house. And I don't have time to get into it, but I'm telling you what, David, he said, I might not be able to build this thing, but I'll guarantee you I'm going to have a super naturally big part in financing it, and that he did. But he led the way as an example to the rest of the people. And then they too came, and the Bible says, willingly— Everybody say willingly. Yeah, they willingly gave of that which they had been blessed with as well. And what a temple, what a place, the likes of which no one has ever known was built to magnify and glorify God. And, dear friend, you and I can do the same thing through our lives. We can support the local church. We can do what it is that God has called us to do. And here's the thing we need to understand. To, uh, excuse me. To come to a close uh, here this evening, what we need to understand in all of this is simply this, that, you know, Jesus made the statement, you can't serve God in money. He said, so take no thought for your life, what it is that you're going to eat, what it is that you're going to drink, you wear with all, you'll be clothed, he said, you know, all of these things the Gentiles or the unbelievers seek after. But he went on to say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God wants to bless your life. But I'll tell you this much about it. We have to have faith. We have to believe in what it is that God has said. We have to take the lead and say, Father, this is what you prescribe. This is what I'm going to do in my present circumstance. And I'm going to sow, and I'm, I know that I will reap. Praise God, because my due season will come just as you promise." So I hope some of these things are a blessing to you this evening when it comes to how you and I are going to magnify God. This next year, I tell you what, praise God, let's blow all the walls out let 's make a difference in the world in which we live let's reach people with the gospel. like I said, the thing cl- uh, closest to our father 's heart is people, humanity. let's love people let's do everything we can to bring them into the family of God, to love them into the kingdom of God, to bring them to a place of having the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that they can live for God. And maybe there are those that are out there that are what we call backslidden or just out of fellowship with God. you know they're offended because Of this or that, you know, you could be the catalyst. You could be the one who turns that whole thing around and brings them to a place of repentance and forgiveness and, and, you know, for them to be able to put all of their rocks down, as it were, and just say, God, I'm so sorry. You know, here I've lived my life out of fellowship with you because I was offended by this or, you know, I resented this or that or the whatever. You can be that instrument that God uses to bring healing in their life. And so you just have to say, God, make me an instrument. Use me in these last days to reach the people that are around me that I come in contact with to make a difference. And I tell you what, praise God, my friend, if you'll make that your ambition. Remember, I said, it's got to be targeted, focused. It's got to be intentional. There, it requires discipline. We get up in the morning and we say, God, make me a blessing. Hallelujah, Father, I'm available. You you call on me and I'll answer, you know, whatever it is that you want me to do so that the world can know that Jesus Christ is Lord. It'll be glorious, you guys. We're going to have a wonderful time this new year. And so I hope you'll join us, praise God, magnifying the Lord, and that the blessing of God will rest upon us. Let's commit this to our hearts as we pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for the examples that are in the word of God, and especially where David's life is concerned. Father, it serves as a model for us, and we know, Father God, that we can do the same things he did and that the results would be forthcoming just as they were for him. And so, Father, we look forward to our lives with an anticipation of what it is that you're going to do. Glory to God. But we're going to take the lead, and we're going to begin to initiate these things in our lives, to do the things that are pleasing to you and honorable to you, Father God, because we love you. And we're so grateful for what you've done in our lives. So, Father, bless us. And in our endeavors, and we thank you, Father, for leading us in our giving as we support the local church. And we thank you for your goodness and mercy in Jesus' name, Amen. Praise God. Well, listen, thank you so much for staying with me during this period of time. Uh, we want to encourage you. You can go online uh, to do your sewing, to do your giving, to pay your tithes, whatever it is that you might be doing. And we want to thank you in advance for your generosity and your obedience to that. Praise God. Just a determined you know, a decision or purpose that you're gonna participate in that way so that the local church can thrive, hallelujah, so that we can do what it is that God's called us to do. We wanna mention to you also, don't forget this Sunday morning, we're gonna be having uh, cinnamon rolls, hallelujah. All the staff are pretty excited about this because, uh, well, we like sweets, praise God. So come, join us, nine o'clock from nine to 9.30. There'll be no deep classes available uh, this Sunday morning. We're just gonna have some fellowship together with the people of Like Precious Faith And uh, it'll be a great, great time. Come, please join us. And then, of course, we'll have our service at 945, and it'll be great. So God bless you. We love you. And we'll look forward to seeing you, praise God, this weekend. Amen.